Good evening, you are listening to Three Moves Ahead, the once-in-a-future official podcast of FlashOfSteel.com. As you can tell by the exuberance in my voice, I am not Rob Zachney. I am your host, uh, Troy Goodfellow, and with me tonight are two of my favorite panelists and old friends. We have Dr. Bruce Garrick. Yeah, hello gamers! <laughs> and from quarter to three, uh, friend of the podcast and friend of Flash of Steel, Mr. Tom Chick. Uh, I just want to do real quick, Troy, you, you've led this off like an American podcast. I would like to just briefly, for some of the listeners, do a Rob Zachney intro so that they don't feel left out, sort of the more sort of English BBC approach. So let me just put this so that folks aren't feeling too alienated. Let me just throw this out there. Good evening. You are listening to Three Moves Ahead. I am your host, Rob Zachney. All right, there. Oh, NPR. Very NPR. That's not bad. <laughs> That's pretty good, except uh, Troy, Troy didn't – you didn't – Troy didn't leave them uh, out. He left the moot. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Because I'm so, so Canadian. Yeah. Canadians, uh, man. Ugh. We ruin everything. <laughs> Tonight we're going to be talking about Ill Winter's uh, new game. Speaking Conquest. of Canada, by the way, Ill Winter. Yeah. You can probably identify with that, right, Troy? It has not been an Ill Winter. It's been pretty warm. <laughs> All right. It's been it's had more rain than snow. <laughs> Well, when I think of Ill Winters, I mean, these guys, are, I think they're Swedes, Finns, I forget, but, uh, you know, Finns. they're up there in your, your latitude. Norwegians, they're all the they're, same. No, yeah. that's a joke. The, uh, the Ill Winter is from Sweden. Yes. Okay, they are Swedes. So if yes. I were to say, hey, Swedes, as a nod to John Carpenter's The Thing, uh, that would actually make sense. Sorry, I'm, I'm a movie nerd. I'm screwing up the strategy podcast. So take it away, Troy. Don't let me... Movie you're, a, you're, you're a something, that's all right. <laughs> uh, so we have, remember Ill Winter's new game, Conquest of Elysium. Ill Winter is, of course, the developers of Dominions 3, a mm. game of great renown and respect on this podcast. And I believe Bruce wrote literally wrote the book on Dominions 3. Uh, Conquest of Elysium is a much different game. Now, Tom, I'm going to start with you because first, this podcast was your idea, and second, you've been doing a lot of blogging and game diaries over a quarter to three, and those will be linked at the bottom of the podcast on uh, Conquest of Elysium. Could you describe this game briefly and succinctly for our listeners? Probably not, but let me see what I can do. Uh, Yes, I'm a huge cheerleader for it. And let's see, briefly and succinctly, I would say... This is Dominions 3 for people who aren't up to playing Dominions 3. Uh, it's a more, it's got every bit of uh, that game's imagination, that, that fantasy world, but it plays much more streamlined. It's faster. I think it's more accessible. Um, so there you go. That's brief and succinct. I hope. Bruce, do you concur? Is this just uh, Dominions Light? No, it has nothing to do with Dominions, really, except I... for the setting. I, I have to disagree with you there, Tom. Uh-huh. So yeah. um, I, I want to make sure that it's clear uh, when I'm talking about this that, um, uh, I, first of all, I, I love the game. I think it's fantastic. Um, but I think it's a very different game from Dominions. And while it uses the same setting as Dominions and the same units and uh, the same art or much of the same art, uh it really is a completely different experience from Dominions. Uh, so I'll, uh, I will <clears throat> unsurprisingly disagree with my... Uh, well, I'm going to call foul right yes, off sir. the bat. Uh, okay. I was asked to be brief and succinct. Uh, you just immediately 
offered a qualifier to my little brief, succinct summary. I completely agree with everything you're saying, but just as a, as a quick sort of accessible description of what it is, I think you can't really talk about Conquest of Elysium without relating it to Dominions 3. Well, let's start with a basic comparison. What makes uh, Conquest of Elysium different from Dominions 3? Now, Dominions 3 is a huge, sprawling fantasy mm-hmm. strategy game, grand strategy game, about conquest. And this sort of is about conquest, but it's also sort of about wandering around. Right. Like, I, in writing about it, and I don't, I don't know how much this holds up, because I don't remember a lot of the specifics, probably as well as you and Bruce, because, Troy, I know you wrote about this game recently. Bruce, I know you love it. But as I was playing it, it kind of reminded me of uh, Seven Cities of Gold because of that wandering around thing. I mean, you're not building empires. You're not founding cities. You don't have to manage taxes so much. Uh, it's mainly about getting this party together and striking out into this new world, this kind of wilderness. Um mm-hmm. So, so in that sense, uh, you know, there's nothing really like that in Dominions, which is much more about that kind of taxation and running a province and setting those great little uh, mutually exclusive, forget what they're called, like settings or environments settings, or whatever. Yes, they're, they're called settings. Set <laughs> no, that's the thing. Like you choose between like sloth and activity or uh, uh, you, scales. You, there you go, scales. I'll go with that. But you don't have any of that kind of governance stuff, which really right. drove a lot of Dominions 3. There's none of that. Instead, it's just wander around with this cool army and beat back the creatures in the wilderness and, and, and deal with that. Uh, so that's one, one way that I think it's different. Uh, but Bruce, you were the you were the official spokesperson for this. Has nothing to do with Dominions Three whatsoever, except for the setting, units, art, interface, developer, narrative, story, <laughs> and stats. Uh, other exactly. than those things, how else would you say it differs from Dominions Three? Well, I mean, I think this is um, whereas uh, Dominions Three is sort of the history of the Dominions world writ large. This is sort of like a like just a like a diary of some like elf lord that you might have found and where you read about his personal experience of the world of dominion other than that uh, i think that they're completely different um <clears throat> now seriously the reason that i say that the, the game is not has nothing to do with dominions 3 is that dominions 3 is a game about sort of absorbing the entire game before you ever do anything before you make your first move um, I'm hoping to uh, play my first Dominions 3 game in probably, I don't know, several years and uh, for a serious game in a long time. And it, it's amazing how much prep time, I mean, it's a multiplayer game, and it's amazing how much prep time I have to go through to right. just figure out how I'm going to even start from turn one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, players... Uh, suggest that you sort of make a build and then you play some test games, right? This is before you ever do anything. You're you're already playing you're playing like the preseason before the regular season starts, right? And Conquest of Elysium is 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 a game about the game handing you stuff and you just kind of run with it. And you're like, well, I'm gonna move this guy there. Uh Oh, there's no there there are no uh, there are no mines within like a ten square radius. So I'm kind of I'm kind of hosed, but let's see what I can make of this situation. And your guys die, and you think, oh wow, well you know I should fire up another game. Uh, I think that uh, 
the whole the whole way you approach this is a strategy game that's that's almost I mean I think Tom you might have even I think you you brought up the the or made the comparison to it being a roguelike I think this is a strategy roguelike I think this is a yeah. kind of a uh, a, a nice it's a neat little niche but it's it's not a it's it's really not a turn-based strategy game in that sense because well, it, you it, have so little control really over it's it's more about you reacting to the game and sort of incorporating what the game gives you rather than trying to set up a whole uh, strategy of how to play the terminology I'd use there, Bruce, is yes. I, I think it really offers a sense of discovery, which right. you also get in a roguelike. Like, oh, I'm discovering yeah. these rooms and these patterns and, mm-hmm. you know, working my way through this maze and I'm discovering this loot. Uh, so I, that's not where I think a lot of the roguelike comparison comes from, is that unlike something like Dominions where you see the map and you have a plan, this is just about discovering what's out there and dealing right. with it as it comes. Yeah. Yeah, but I think and you know what there aren't there yeah. aren't a lot of strategy games that do that though that I can think of. I, maybe I'm just missing something, but that sort of makes it feel to me unique in terms of the strategy games I sit down and play. I can't think of a lot that really offer that that experience. Well, now interest. I mean, I, I should say, and and you can bef- people who haven't played Dominions Three uh, should understand that you can completely play Dominions Three that way. Uh, just don't play it against anyone else who knows how to play Dominions 3. But you can play Dominions 3 in the sense of put a thing together, and you should. I mean, when you're starting at the game, you just kind of click on some buttons, and you make a monster, and then you uh, send some armies to fight some other monsters, and some things happen, and you're like, wow, that guy just got a uh, you know winged helm or something like that. Like, what the heck is that? Uh, you know, you it's uh you you can play the game very much that way but um but to to play it well i mean you can really optimize your strategies whereas here i mean i was just playing a game just just before the podcast started um where uh i mean i literally i mean i couldn't find an iron mine to save my life uh-huh. and uh <laughs> exactly you probably set it up that way and uh <laughs> and I mean, there's nothing I can do except try to make the best of of uh, of, of the situation. But uh, but I mean, we're, we're getting kind of caught up in this whole um, meta argument. Yeah, this, this 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 kind of false argument about whether it's Dominion's three light or whether it's not. Because I think no, we're not. Ha- you are. No, <laughs> you guys are the ones that brought this. You're like you you dragged. You me started it. No, you started it. <laughs> I was just retaliating. You started it first. You know what? I want to hear what Troy has to yes, think of exactly. it. Yes, uh, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, so I, Troy, I, you, how did you come to it, and uh, how are you finding it? Like, how's it working for you? It's working pretty well for me. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a strange game. I mean, we haven't really described exactly how the game actually works, which is one thing to probably be telling people. Yeah, why don't you do that? Uh, uh, that you know, you pick a lord. It's like in Dominions, you pick a lord, you pick a god king type thing, and this is basically your hero who controls your biggest armies, has usually one special power uh, they can use. There's The Aztec guy can summon spirits. Uh, the Aztec-themed guy can summon spirits by sacrificing villages or prisoners or whatever he right. has to sacrifice. Uh, there's you know your standard medieval knight guys who run around and raise levies and villages to defend them because roaming monsters can... You can capture a mine or a town, but you need for taxation and metal to build uh, an iron to build your troops. 
you know, roaming brigands or roaming moose can come and just take these things over. Yes, it's uh, very Canadian friendly. It's well, moose are not very friendly. I hate them. <coughs> yeah. So it it is. I mean, it has. I mean, I, I like the roguelike comparison. Um, a couple of people have used it. I think it fits quite well. Um, it just drawing all the parallels. You know, you know, what is the loot? There are other heroes, other lords out there. You have to defeat in the end. But they're as often as not defeated by the game before you can find them on a large map. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's a, that's a separate that's, issue. That's the issue right. of the of the AI. Yeah. And the AI is certainly an issue. This is, in many ways, it is a single player exploration game. Yes, I agree. It is a game where your opponents really don't matter all that much. They do. Uh, I mean, I think if well, you, you, you they, they can if you're in a smaller map and you're into them. But generally, if you're if you're in a good spot um, and you can raise a decent army and you understand your heroes, it, it's a it's a game of experimentation. It's a game of exploration in many ways because each lord is a little bit different, mm-hmm. and they play quite this not really distinctly from each other basically it's the same thing and you both you need gold you need iron most of the time but there's enough character and personality in each of them that makes you know the discovery of a random lord kind of interesting like there's one that where the lord cannot move or maybe there's more than one like that yeah so i uh, so i'm sorry go know, ahead so you know there's some there's some distinctions and there's some fun stuff and it's a game i'm still coming to grips with i'm not quite sure I like it a lot yet. I'm not quite sure where I stand on it for a number of reasons. You know, a lot of that to do with the way the games, with, with the way the game looks, with the way the game gives you information yeah. or doesn't give you information. Um, I think there's some missed opportunities uh, in you know giving you feedback from the world. It's so sparse in information and in alerting you that hey, you know, there are brigands around because the line of sight is so small. So that's some basic issues just on a design level. But as far as the theme, um, it in the way it does have, I think it is a friendly introduction to the Dominion's universe, even if it's not Dominion's light. Um, and the idea that there are these weird god things running around trying to do whatever. I like Bruce's comparison to, you know, this is the story of one elf dude. I think it's a good way of thinking of it. This is what uh, he found. He went to Dominions, and this is what ha- what happened there. Yeah, it definitely has that kind of personal adventure sense. Um, but I want to I want to sort of not necessarily take issue, but elaborate on a couple of things that you said there, Troy. Yeah. Uh, Dominions is very uh, initially. I think it's is it a god, a demigod? I forget what your main dude is called in Dominions, but it's Pretender. very cent- Pretender. Yes, thank you, Bruce. Uh, it's it's very centered around like designing that guy and choosing him. Yeah. Uh, uh, Conquest of Elysium 3 instead is very faction-based. You don't pick a hero, like you were saying. You actually right. pick a faction, and each faction <laughs> has just two starting heroes. Those are by no means your only heroes, and a lot of the, the factions require finding more of those kinds of right. heroes and developing your heroes. And, and your starting hero can die, and you can lose them, and it won't matter because maybe right. you found one that's better. Uh, but it's very faction-based. And, and so, Troy, when you say uh, that... A, a lot of the dynamics are the same for each for the different factions. That is the case for some of the factions, but there are a lot. Part of what I love about it is a lot of the factions feel distinct and unique from each yeah. other. Well, and some they of have, them are real. Some of them are really weird. Some of them are some really, really weird, and some of them couldn't care less about gold or, or metal. Yeah. Or uh, they have different resources. They have different gameplay mechanics. Um, and and 
part of the joy that I have, and again, where I feel that Conquest of Elysium Three offers this great sense of discovery, is in how different all of the 17 factions are from each other. And I've played, you know, many games of this thing, but I've probably only tried like seven or eight of the factions yeah, because I'll play one of them and I'm like, wow, I really like this faction. So when I start another game, it's do I want to play that faction I really like already or do I want to try a new one? Right. Um, so I, that's something that I feel they've really done a good job on is creating distinct, interesting, unique factions. Uh, now, now, also, you mentioned that a lot of times the AI will just suicide itself. Like it'll, it'll defeat itself and you don't have to beat it and therefore, oh, look, I won the game. It's over. Um, you can affect that based on things. And I think you know this, but I just wanted yeah. to clarify right, for people sure. listening. You can affect that based on the size of the map. Uh, for instance, and the number of factions you put in there. And you can also have some of the factions be allied with you. Uh, so if you want a big, wide exploration game, just do a bigger map with fewer factions. Right. If you want a smaller phone uh, knife fight in a phone booth thing, the game will absolutely let you do that, and you can see the interplay between the different factions much more clearly. Uh, right. Now, that's not necessarily something that you would know is right off the bat. If you just start a normal-sized map with the default three factions, you're never going to see the other guys. Yeah, uh, I, think that's, I think that's an issue for the way the game is balanced. The, the way that, that, that the default is set up to not necessarily have you right. engage that much with the AI. And I think that is certainly an issue. Um, and if, an issue? You know, what do you mean an issue? Well, I mean, if, if you want to engage with, other, with the other elf lords... Uh, I'm not saying it's I'm not saying it's necessarily a good thing or a bad thing. If you want to call it a solo exploration thing, but if you're going to have AI um, and other elf lords running around trying to steal your gold and your iron, mm-hmm. uh, then it'd be nice to actually have the default settings say you're going to be meeting these people. I, I do wonder if that's the case. I mean, I don't know, but default settings are a really tough thing. Uh, and I think the the way it's set up now is so that anybody can jump in and not get glommed on by another faction. Yeah, and I, I think do that's kind of important. Yeah, you're right, Tom. Yeah. I agree with you there. And, and I do really wish, and I've, I've actually talked with some of the, uh, some of the guys, with Johan at, at Ill Winter about this. I really think they could have, uh, and I don't want to bag on the game too much because for what it is, it does a fantastic job, but I feel that there are some hugely missed opportunities in communicating things like, hey, you can set this up for different kinds of yeah. experiences. And certainly, as far as that roguelike thing, I wish there was some kind of like persistence or scoring system, and right. I think they're patching this mm-hmm. in. But so, it, part so of what's satisfying about a roguelike is this sense of accomplishment. And it seems like Conquest of Elysium 3, in its current state, does nothing to give you that once the game is over. Well, uh-huh. I, I want to I follow up exactly on that. But I just, before I do that, I just want to mention that, Tom, I think you, that when you're talking about the factions, I think you're, you're kind of shortchanging dominions in the sense that the factions play completely differently. And it's not all about your – I mean, it's not just about your pretender. It's all about how your pretender – and your scales and everything sort of interacts right. with the very, very specific, I mean, like, you know, early age, uh, you know, Niflheim plays completely differently from early age Mictlan. Uh, you know, I mean, they're just completely, I mean, it's, it's yeah. also like you're playing different games. So yeah. I think the factions in, 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 um, in, in Dominions are just as distinct, if not more distinct, than the factions in, in, in Congress of Elysium. Right, right. I just wanted to make it clear that you weren't, like, rolling up a hero, that it wasn't, like, a character-based right. I, I, right, hero. Right, you. I agree with you. Yeah. Okay, so, so here's... I, I wanted to... This is on my list of things to ask Tom Chick. I, I, okay. I carry a list of these around throughout my life, and uh, occasionally I get to ask these questions. So, uh, Okay, I have an answer for that. The answer is I don't even own a single Cadillac. <laughs> Oh, is that not what you were going to ask me? Did you, if you had something else to ask me, go ahead and hit me. Imported that from Detroit. Um, so, um, 
what uh, what I, what I wanted to know. You made a very interesting comment, and I, I'm fascinated that you. Um, I just want full disclosure on this game. I don't have anything to do. I, I didn't like Dominion. Unlike Dominions, I didn't have any um, real input into the beta. I, I got invited very early uh, when they started the whole beta, and uh, unfortunately, my current job doesn't allow me to. Um, do the things that I used to be able to do with games. So uh, very sadly, I was not able to help uh, Johan and Christopher um, develop the game at all, but I still did get to play it here and there and um, obviously like it a lot. But I haven't really communicated with them about it. Uh, mm -hmm. So I'm very interested, Tom, to, to hear you know what your feedback to Johan was um, because you made a very, uh, a very uh, insightful comment about uh, and I want I want you to develop this because I think I know what you mean, but I'm not quite sure what you mean. Maybe I'm wrong. You said that they have not uh, followed or, or are really up to date on where game design has gotten us in playing us out of a game. I love that phrase, playing us out of a game. What do you mean playing somebody out of a game? Well, there's that, that post-game debrief. I mean, you've been through this, this process and you've had this experience that was maybe discouraging and thrilling and some mix thereof. And Sid Meier early on sort of recognized the importance with, I think, way back in Railroad Tycoon or Pirates or even before Civilization, did this great thing where he would rank you on a list. You know, you either did as good as, as Dan Quayle or Ulysses Grant or Lincoln or whatever, and you would get a score. And uh, you could you could uh, even get the little uh, the replay on the map of Civilization for, for how you did. Um, it was just some acknowledgement. You know, like there are silly ways to do this with achievements, and there are more meaningful ways to do this with scoring systems. Mm -hmm. And then there's more frippery, like, you know, did you do a Dan Quayle? or Ulysses Grant. Uh, so, so that kind of thing, I, I think most games, most modern game design is really in touch with that kind of feedback loop that the player wants to be a part of. You know, hey, tell me how I did. Now I'm going to do this. Hey, tell me how I did. Uh, and I, uh, I I just think that there are a lot of lessons there that Illwinter could learn that for, for whatever reason they're they're doing a great time making their, their units and coming up with imaginative stuff. But as far as these game design principles, I, I wish they would sort of tap into this more. And to their credit, by the way, because that's something I wrote in the, the official review I did for the game, Johan immediately sent me an email. He was so apologetic. He was like, uh, I don't know if this is out of, if I'm out of turn or if I'm overstepping any bounds, but I would love you to tell me some more about what you mean by this. And so I sent him this list of suggestions uh, along those lines. Um, and I am delighted to see, I, I can't take credit for this, I figure it's something that other people have raised as well, but in their developer's notes for what they're working on for the patches, uh, enabling a scoring system is, is right. part of what they have listed. Um, so it's just that kind of yeah. thing, like let the player know how is he doing, and then at the end right. give him some summary, how did he do, you know, whether it's a pat yeah. on the back or uh, sort of a gentle insult, you know, you were only as good as Dan Quayle. Uh, That's pretty I, good, I, by the way. Yeah. Don't give, I don't know what you're talking about. Dan, doing mean, as well as Dan Quayle? You mean Walter Mondale? <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, it's not I'm just not really sure where you're going with this. <laughs> I mean, you're right. I mean, it's a great insight, Tom. And it's not just about you know playing people out of a game. Like you said, it's play even when you're in the game. You don't always have a general idea of how well you're doing, how big the map is, how well your opponents are doing, how you're doing relative to them. Um, even simple things like you can't, in Dominion, you can tell at a glance generally how big an enemy army is. Now, it doesn't take a whole lot of work to, yeah, you do the mouse over tooltip, but I have to do that for how many things I run into, right. like which which moose stack am I running into, which one, is, which one only has one moose instead of ten. I mean, that's you know information that the player could actually find handy. And 
it's something they've done before, uh, right. and they could do it better. Well, I mean, they have done it before. I, I remember, I think it was in um, was it Dominions Two, where they had the the big boxes, like the sort of look like a NATO infantry symbol, where the box was big yeah. if it was a big army. And I mean, some of that stuff. I mean, I I actually, <clears throat> I mean, obviously they changed it and, it, and they used unit icons in in, in Dominions Three, and it, and it became different. But you know, some of those things, I'm not really that excited about having a big NATO infantry box uh, telling me how many <laughs> moose there are, right? I mean, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not suggesting that they're going to do that. I just think that there, right. you know, there, there are ways of doing it. And, and, and the thing I want to make sure that, that it's, it's clear, you know, Illwinter, I, I've actually never spoken to them. I've, all my, my interaction with them has been in, in email and, and, and message board kind of thing. But those guys just seem incredibly nice and just very, they're so, um, I get the sense from them that it's like, um, First of all, they've been developing these things, this this sort of world of theirs, I think, or one of the worlds for for years. Um, it, Christopher wrote this great sort of short history of Dominions for the for the Dominions manual, and and it just kind of illustrated how uh, how sort of evolutionary and intertwined all of their their kind of thoughts about their particular games and universes and Tom mm -hmm. made the comment about how uh, you know they're the guys that you want running your D&D &D campaign because their, their imaginations are just so fertile um, but you know it, it seems to me like it's it's almost like they, they have these games and they just they never complain about people not you know people writing reviews about oh this is a terrible game because you know it's bad has bad graphics you know that's standard idiotic review uh, and they never really seem to get very they don't complain about it it's it's almost like here's their this is like hey we made this game it, do you like it here it is and they just it, it's almost like the things that they enjoy they just put into a game it's it's hard to design that i mean i think that yeah. that that you can you know i mean I, uh, they get input from people and and you know they incorporate some of it and they don't incorporate a lot of it and i think that they have a very definite sort of idea of what they want and some of those things that you know people are just saying, well, why don't you just do this? Why don't you just do that? I just feel like they, because that's not really what they want in their game, and they're and they're perfectly comfortable not doing it. And that's really the strength of indie game developers. I feel. I mean, this is the best case scenario for what you get when you have an indie game developer, and they don't have a publisher basically saying, you know, it would probably sell better if you did this or if you did that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, and also, Bruce, I think it might be called, I could be wrong about this, I think it might be called uh, having a day job. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, I mean, uh, that, and, and, yeah. and also, oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that that's, that's exactly the thing. I mean, I just, I, I love like, looking at their little updates, right? Because you can just imagine the scenario. And I, I, I've never worked at a developer, a computer game developer, and I, I don't know how this, I, this, is, this is my like, imagination. So if you're, if you're a developer and this is not, completely not how things work, then just send us a nasty email about how I'm an idiot. But <laughs> uh, just, I, I can imagine if you were working at an, at an actual developer and there would be a producer and they would you know, put the game out. And they would say, okay, you know, the next day they walk in and they're like, okay, look, um, here's what we've got to do. We've got to we got to separate out the things that first of all we got to take care of all the bugs, right? So they have somebody working on things that don't work, right? And so uh, you know, there's the the bug where uh, you know the game crashes at some point, or there's the bug where the some mechanic is not being implemented properly. You know, the spearman is is doing zero damage to something. 
so there's there's a group of people that are working on stuff like that, and then there might be the you know people that are trying to improve things. So you know, they, the producer would say, okay, look, we you know we really need to have a uh, you know a high score thing because this you know that's people are just dying for this. So let, let's get let's try to get a high score thing patched in the, into the game as quickly as possible. So it's, let's get a group of people working on that, and then I go to the ill winner like like. Uh, uh, like post-release, uh, like what they're working on, and, and it's like you know, uh, Long Dead doesn't have a you know doesn't have a long pike. Well, we fix that. It's like, oh my god! <laughs> I mean, it's just it's hilarious to me. I mean, it's just like yeah. that's ex- but that's that's such the charm of what they do. It's like it's really important to them that that the Long Dead guy doesn't have his triarius or some something. We, I mean, it's we some- know what that is. What I love but, about that, Bruce, is. Yeah. And it, this, I, I learn about the game by looking at those notes. The, the necromancer has the ability after a battle to summon lo, uh, either skeletons or yeah, zombies. Yeah, right, They're called right. long dead and soulless dead, yeah. from the casualties of the battle. Right. What That's I didn't realize mechanic, yeah. is that they were taking into account what equipment the dead soldiers had. Mm-hmm, yeah. So for whatever reason, yes. when you killed, when you had a battle with a bunch of guys with pikes, right. their long dead weren't correctly reviving right. with the pikes. Yes. I didn't know it worked yeah. that way and that's beautiful. Yeah. I love it. And, that. and, and that's, that's the thing, right? I mean, they're so they're so into the world. They're like, you know, yeah. well, the, the guys don't have the right swords. This right. is crazy. <laughs> We've got, you know, I mean, and that's, that's what matters to them and I think that's just fantastic. I love that. I think that you could, that that kind of, of investment and really, you know, uh, uh, familiarity and, and interest in your own world is what makes it possible to make games like this. Because if you're just, yep. if if you're just kind of like, well, you know, that uh, let's fix the bugs and then let's patch in this thing and you know, you tighten up the graphics on level four or whatever, and it, it just, I mean, that kind of stuff is, it, it, you can't do any of that stuff and compete with this, right? I mean, if you had, if you had these guys and a and a team, if you had. They'd be like an elite squad of people that could just—they're uh, like the, like they're like the, they're like the SEAL Team Six of game design, except. Uh, um, I mean, <laughs> I can't I, wait to hear you. De- go ahead, develop this analogy. I want to hear more. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, I think that you know, if if you if you use them to make you know, uh, you know, really, if you gave them a lot of resources, like the you know, like the Navy, but then they had your SEAL Team Six. I mean, they could just they could do these <laughs> these amazing things. So anyway, that's where my analogy with that goes, but. Uh, uh, I, I want to bring up another example of what you're talking about, Bruce, where uh, if another studio were doing this game, like it was a studio with a producer and a publisher were making this game, mm-hmm. and they were worried about, you know, we want to make everything clear to the player, we want it to be accessible. When you set up a game, you would check things on the game like, you know, do you want big cities on your map? Do you want more farms? Maybe there'd be a slider bar. Uh, do you want these kinds of monsters or this right. theme? Uh, do you want to uh, run yeah, into? Uh, I agree. But instead, what they do is they don't show you those little boxes. They instead right. give you choices of eras. And I know yes. there was something similar yeah. with late right. era, middle era, whatever. But here they spell it out using the arc of their 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 D and D campaigns history. You know their world history that they've imagined from yes. the Dark Ages to this agricultural era to the First Empire to the fall of the First Empire to the monarchy that replaced it to this like dawn of a new empire afterwards. You check one of those periods in history, and then that determines what kind of monsters you meet. You know whether or not there are going to be a lot of developed urban areas. Uh, how much 
how many how many and what kinds of defenders there'll be. I noticed in one of them, I think this might be like the the empire map or something. Mm-hmm. Uh while playing, I discovered and I haven't seen this in other maps. I suspect it's it's unique to a couple of those settings. I discovered this really big four tile city that was just incredibly rich with resources and trade mm-hmm. uh and and had very powerful defenders that was kind of like the jewel of that map. You know, right. I got the sense that this was the prize that all the factions should be fighting for. Right. And they, they let me discover that by, by putting it in the arc of their world and picking, right. okay, where do I want yep. the game to start? And not clicking a box, yes, I want a big capital city. Right, uh, right, yeah. I, I love that they do it that way. Right, well, and because uh, they, yeah. they had to, well, yeah, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, just I want to develop exactly what you're saying, but you have to, in order to have that happen, you have to have this incredibly developed world. I mean, they've got an incredibly developed world that has like 70 nations in it and yeah. it and it all fits right i mean it all makes sense you you can't just hire a guy that's going to go like read uh you know a spell for chameleon and and whatever <laughs> and you know the steven erickson novels and go like okay well i'm going to set up a world uh give me till wednesday right i mean it, it, you you can't do that um, right and and it's it's so i was just you know um when i was Starting this Dominion's game, I, the, uh, I'm playing Atlantis, which is late age Atlantis is a, is is basically almost it's a land nation with some aquatic units. Whereas you know Atlantis is you know I was like how how does uh, how does um, how does Atlantis why are they on land? And then I went and read the Dominion's manual. It's like well there was the fall of Atlantis in the second age. I'm like oh that that's it that explains it. Well, that's that's how that's how the whole thing happened. And and it, for, yeah exactly. I was like oh well geez you know but I mean but it's so. Um, it just all falls together, and, it, and you can really tell. I mean, uh, Christopher, who's one of the who's who's basically the art end of the programming slash art team that Johan and Christopher are, uh, is uh, he teaches the history of religions, and he it's the the it's the setting is so detailed in so many ways um, that he you know draws all these different myths and things together, uh, and um, and they really do want you to just. I really feel like. They're they're always very resistant to kind of spelling things out. One of the things that really frustrated me yeah. with uh, Dominions was when the the the, the earlier Dominions, uh, you know, one and two, but especially two, was that you know things weren't really documented. They just they were hinted at in descriptions, and you sort of had to figure it out. Which 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 in a way is great, but in a game like Dominions two, it, it's really tedious because if you're going to play it multiplayer. There are going to be always going to be people who have way more time than you do, and are going to figure out a lot more, and they're just going to beat you over the head with it. So you might as well put that knowledge somewhere, so that everybody kind of has access to it. So that's that's what I went, what I kind of try to do with the Dominion's three manuals. Like, look, we got to. I, I I fought those guys every time. Like, we couldn't figure out how something worked. I'm like, look, just go into the code, tell me what's happening, and then I'll try to explain it. But the great thing about their philosophy of how to uh, sort of reveal things to you gradually is exactly in this mechanic. You just give people some some heroes and then let them wander around, and the only person that's limiting the enjoyment is you. And if you are willing to sort of commit yourself to uh, to the idea that, well, I don't really know what happened there, but... I'll try a few different things out and just kind of try to puzzle that out myself. I mean, there's a huge reward for that. Uh, and you're not being punished by the fact that, you know, some other guy just, you know, wiped you off the map. And that that's one of the the 
beefs kind of that I have with the game currently. And I actually went back and forth a little bit with Johan about this uh, when I was playing the beta. In the beta, you couldn't right-click on the units that you can recruit and see their stats. And and Johan, I, I think he flat out said to me, well, I want the player to discover that. Right. Uh, and I was like, well, what if I've already recruited some of these and they're out in the field? For me to look at their stats, to look at the difference between a soulless and a long dead, I have to go find one of my own and click on it. That information is there. You know, right. I should be able to, to see that from the start. And he eventually, you know, that became part of the, the later builds for whatever reason. But they currently, you know, he stuck to his guns. And to his credit, you know, it's his game. I'm glad he did. When I told him, look, you have these spells. I should be able to right-click on these. Or actually, they're not the spells. They're the, uh, the like, commander special abilities. Oh, okay. Um, and I said, you know, I should be able to right-click on these and get just as information as I can for the spells and for the armies. And he was like, no, I want you to discover that. And to his credit, you know, he didn't – he stuck to that. And I, I right. fully approve of, of his choice. Um, but that is clearly, like, how they think of these games as – you know, we want you to to try it, to play with it, to test it, to discover it, have that 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 thrill of oh, this is what it does. And in a more single player game like uh, Conquest of Elysium Three, to you know, I can understand that. Uh, yeah. yeah, you can save and reload if you want. If you want to do it that way, save the game, try a couple of things, go back and reload. It doesn't have that kind of multiplayer focus or the pressure of, of Dominion's Three. I'm kind um, of disappointed about the save because the reload thing that that thing was not in the game from the, at the beginning. And um, I, uh, I think, as yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I think that they Dominions is that way, right? Where you can't reload. I mean, you just play, and you. I mean, you can get around that by if you are at some crucial point, you can actually you know quit out of the game, go copy the whole game yeah. folder, and put it in somewhere else, and then play it, and then if you don't like that, you copy it back over. But it's you know it's, it's kind of a pain. It really takes you out of the game. So you really, really, really have to be, uh, uh, want to have that safety net if, if you choose to do it that way. And um, I just, I think that that kind of takes away from the, uh, the, the fantasy roguelike yeah. Uh, strategy roguelike element of the game, and and I and I know people are like, well, if you don't like it, then don't use it. I hate that statement. That's it, it's just <laughs> that, that's that drives me insane. No, here's the thing: you design a game and you put it out there. You don't. I mean, if, if otherwise, it turns into one of these. Um, uh, uh, which one was it? The uh, Forge of Freedom. One of the, I'm sorry that what? it's completely out of nowhere, but it was the it was that Civil War strategy game where you basically could yeah. you could you could check any option you wanted, right? It's just like yeah. well, it, it was almost like the design team was like, well, we don't really know much about the Civil War, so oh, right, here's right. some stuff, <laughs> and and if you don't like it, just click on something else, and it'll be different. And and I thought this is just completely the completely wrong way to do anything, right? Don't make the player design the game, right? Uh, do you do your job, game, game designer. Right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So. And so I really like that about them, about how they really and like you, you just had that example of how they do, you know he doesn't want to have people discover too much. They they're really great at at saying, look, this is our game, this is how we want to do it, and they take some advice in some things and on other things they don't, and that's I mean, more power to them on that. And here's where I I really feel like if I was their producer, I would sit these guys down and I would I would stay up all night trying to convince them if I could. But I really feel strongly that it does need that kind of post game debrief, some kind of scoring yes. system. Yeah. Yep. But 
it's okay to play it like without that and to just reload saved games, but add like an Iron Man option. I would love to see that early on. Is this when you start a game, you're either going to constantly overwrite your save whenever you hit next turn. That's the right. Iron Man option, mm-hmm. uh, in which case it's scored, or you can just uh, turn that off and en- enable a normal thing, maybe without scoring. You know, right. I love that kind of that sense of investment. Like now I'm going to play for real, or now I'm just going to muck around and have fun. You know, yeah, like they, can, they can design Iron around Man. that exactly, right. like a hardcore yeah, mode in Diablo, right. uh, and that's that's a tenant of modern game design. Um, you, you know, there that, be that, some, yeah, there should be. Well, some. just that, yeah, that something like that should be offered. That 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 kind of variety and that sense of investment and higher stakes uh, right. really do right. incentivize like replaying and trying different things. Uh, I I never reload. I never last. That long is it? Well, last long enough to exceed. Oh, please, Mister. Please, please, Mister. I only attack in January in Europa Universalis. But this is a roguelike, see? Because the roguelike. Are you talking about this game? I thought you were talking about the general. Yeah. Oh no, no, no. But but covers in general because it has the whole roguelike feel, and because it's a game you can play, you know, relatively quickly. It's not like a Dominion's game, which right will take years to finish. It plays quickly enough that it's okay if I screw up and I lose this Elf Lord because I can start over again. The same reason I play roguelikes and I buy in the 30th level or I die in the 5th level, nothing is really lost. I don't feel like I've lost a huge investment of time. It doesn't kill me unless it's you know, something stupid that kills me. Um, so yeah, I, I don't. So I iron, my, I iron Man out anyway. Um, am I the only one who kind of wishes they'd update their art? No. I mean, yes, yes. (laughs) I love just in this as we're currently in this kind of period where where most video game, not most, where a lot of video games have this really lush photorealistic look and it's it's really slick and cool. And you know what, though, Bruce, a lot of people hate it. So a corollary to that is there's this kind of reappreciation of retro graphics with just a handful of pixels. And 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 these Ill Winter guys, you know, the artwork, Christopher's artwork for the units taps into that so powerfully with me. I yeah. love those little simple unit graphics, and I, I would not trade those for the world. What I might do is, is maybe ask them to do some work on making the, the map more easily Absolutely. readable. Yeah. Uh, okay. But just as far as, a, as, a, as an overall note, no, I love their artwork. Yeah, to I'm, pieces. I'm, I'm, I'm complete. You know what? You know what? You know my 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 new most hated uh, map is. Most hated map in most Conquest? Hated, or? Most hated map, just like a most hated, I don't know what you would call it, most hated graphics, most hated display, map display in a, in a new game? What? Crusader no. Kings 2. I hate that map. Oh, really? I'm thinking of why, it as pretty innocuous. Yeah, what's wrong with it? Why are you trying to, why are there giant guys? Why are they 3D? It's so stupid. It looks terrible. Oh, oh. You're just talking about their yeah. latest. What do they call that engine? Like, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I get what you're saying. All the, I just, yeah. I can't stand it. It doesn't make any conceptual sense. I mean, it's it's, it's stupid. You, the, uh, you know what I like better than the Crusader Kings 2 map? Is the map for that new faster-than-light space rogue thing where you have the little guys running around in your little uh, little spaceship. <laughs> it's so much better. I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, it's a, we, it's a, one of those Kickstarter things. You'll, we'll, there'll be a link to it at the bottom of the podcast. <laughs> But, oh, well, uh, have you kicked in some money? Yeah, of course, of course. I'm going to be in the game. I bought one of the uh, bought one of the tiers that that gets me. But um, well, uh, but you're right. I mean, it's definitely a movement away from. I think it, it, like Creative Assembly does that. Certainly, the the uh, the Paradox games. This idea that you have a big old fat chess piece on a map on a yeah, board. It, yeah, it, it yeah. looks terrible. I think it. I think it looks. I think it. it I think it's a. I, 
It's just my opinion, obviously. Yeah. But I think you know what I'll really, say about it, Bruce. What it is, what it is. Is it? Can you prove that? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm not saying. I think that I'm kind of, maybe it's the point that the art hasn't come a lot, hasn't progressed. That there aren't no major improvements to how the game looks, and I think it because it, it is a good game. It has a lot of really attractive qualities to it, but I'm I don't think that it necessarily has to be as ugly as it is. <laughs> I it is I I think somebody that actually genuinely especially the map I think is a genuinely ugly map. I think it's unclear uh in a lot of places. Um yeah, it's pr- I think it's pretty mean. clear what 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 terrain is what. Uh I think that there, the, a few little things that bother me that where I I I kind of get where Troy is coming from, Bruce. Like I would like to see more information on the map like when I lose a property to to a neutral uh, wandering monster or another faction. Uh, when they tell me about events, I would like to know where those are on the map. I would Don't love you get a some big minus sign though. Is that what that is? I just get a dash. Yeah. <laughs> but I would. Uh, I, that's that's well, not that, enough yeah, information but... for me though. Like I should. Yeah. That should be in my messages. I should be able to quickly like go to every property yeah. I lost. I mean, it's just interface things. Yeah, uh, that's more here's, of UI than art. But yeah. And, and here's one thing. I really wish there was some on map indicator of the spots where I can recruit things. Uh, you know, I'd just like to be able to see that at a, at a glance. Um, right. I wouldn't call it ugly like Troy, but I definitely feel that there are some, some interface issues that partly relate to, to the map looking kind of busy. And um, Yeah, it's, a, it's a bit, definitely busy. I think, it could be, I think the map could be cleaner. It's, de- it's yeah. definitely busy. But, uh, but hey, you know, it's their art style. I mean, I, I'm, I'm... Sure, I, mean, I, I, think they can, I think they can stay within their art style and still you know, make it a, a better looking game. I mean, I'm not saying that the... the paper doll units have to be you know photorealistic rommels uh, of the world i'm just saying they should they could maybe look a little bigger look a little hey, cleaner rommels like like Irwin sure rommel? yeah m- m- multiple rommels why not there can be a rommel faction i haven't played them all yet i think you could clone them clone rommels that will be an interesting faction you should do it. you should uh, the, the, the uh, boys of brazil faction yeah troy you should do a kickstarter for uh, for your new uh, cloned <laughs> rommel uh real time strategy game Make it an RTS, though, and be sure to put really tall units on the map to annoy Bruce. Giant Rommels. Yes. <laughs> uh, one one uh, unique point that I love about Conquest of Elysium that I also feel helps it stand apart from other strategy games, and, and Troy, you alluded to this earlier, is how quickly a game plays. It, it's, a, it's fast but epic and detailed, yeah. but it's the kind of game, like normally when we sit down to play our strategy games like Civilization or you know the new Fallen Enchantress that's coming out or Age of Wonders to get this kind of experience, it's like this you know four or five hours at least... Thing. And this, you know, plays in an hour, uh, partly because you're not, you know, because the, the tactical combat is hands-off, but also because you're just shuffling units around. And it, it made me think of a game that I haven't thought of in a long time and that I think I miss, but I don't miss so much now that I'm playing Conquest of Elysium 3, and that's SSG's Warlords series. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, nothing really that I can think of really filled that niche of just a quick, rapid fantasy armies running around, beating each other up fix. Uh, you know, that somewhere the, uh, down the line, that took, you know, hours at a time. You're, are you going to tell me there's an iPhone version? Yeah, That's not true. Is. No, it there is. isn't. Yeah, are Warlords? you serious? There's Warlords Absolutely. 4 on the iPhone? No, the war, original Warlords. <laughs> All right, I got to go. Oh. I got to go download that. <laughs> Bye. See you guys later. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I had no idea, Bruce. Is it good? Have you looked at uh, it? I haven't. I haven't played it yet. I just saw the. I saw the thing and was like, oh wow, yeah, look at that. That's uh, 
That's Warlords, you know, all right. That is cool, but I, I kind of more wished that there was a version of Conquest of Elysium 3 for the iPhone. Ooh! I know. Yeah. Why can't those guys get on that indie bandwagon? Yeah, that's a good question. Do they have uh, that yeah. in Sweden, by the way, iPhones? Maybe that's the problem. Hmm, that's a good question. You should be right. Are you? Are, question for you: When you were corresponding with Johan, did you send him email or regular mail? Uh, I I just shouted really loud into a tin can. <laughs> Got it. Okay, good. <laughs> You're all so weird. Uh, so any final words, final thoughts on Conquest of Elysium? Final. Wait a minute, I can go. Well, on what are you talking hours. about? We got so much more oh, to talk oh, about. You're right. crazy. You're just what? what you got to go watch the, like the Maple Leafs. Yeah, where, you got to be somewhere. Well, no, we're, <laughs> the, we're into the hour section. I, I can keep going. Uh, uh, let's but... talk a bit about uh, the the magic system. What yeah. do you guys think of that? Magic. Oh, okay. Magic system. Yeah. And the talk Leafs are it. losing three to one. But anyway. Well, that's fine. To the Red Wings. Uh huh. No, to <laughs> the Florida Panthers. Oh, oh, that's terrible. You should you should announce that on. Uh, national podcast yeah first of all haha that bruce can't find any iron mines second of all haha that the leaves are losing three to ones i don't even know what they are but uh they can suck it they're a curling team <laughs> um so uh so the magic system yes I'll go first if you want, because I like one of the things that I always found daunting, and it's Bruce, like you're talking about. You got to know going in what you're doing in Dominions Three. You know, you got to have a plan. You have to understand the different levels of magic, right. and you're, mm-hmm. you're leveling yep. up. Yes. And that was always just such this just mind-boggling, almost inscrutable, ambitious, crazy deep aspect of the game. Right. But here in uh, in Conquest of Elysium Three, you know, they still have this sense that magic can do these crazy trumps to even the most powerful armies. Like, it, magic just breaks things. Right. You know, it violates the known rules of, of physics, of the universe, and right. even the, right. the game balance. I love right. that about magic. But, but here... But like, oh, some guy casting spells. Look at that guy. Yeah, and, and right. here, though, it's yeah. random. Like, you don't have to right. know that stuff in advance. Right. It's, it, they're like little cards that you draw as you recruit new units. It's like, oh, what spells does he have? Let's see what those yeah. do. Holy cats, I just broke the game. Like, I, I love here how it doesn't require a huge investment up front, but it still gives you that gratification you get from the crazy magic in Dominions 3. One of the things I was going to say when you said, like, let's talk about the magic system. I was like, okay, what magic system? Because there's almost no magic system, right? I mean, there is. There, there, it, yeah, there, 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 there's magic, but it's not really a system. It's You're not in any – like, there's that guy. Look at this guy. Oh, that guy has magic. Oh, look, well, he's casting a spell at some guy. Right? I will take issue with that, Bruce. You ready for this? Yes. Okay, so one of the things I also love about the magic system is the combat is very hands-off. Like, I love how detailed it is, but once you've had a battle, you don't don't even do that awesome stuff you would do in Dominions where you would set up formations Mm -hmm. and give them orders and watch it unfold. Like here, the guys, again, like warlords, they just line up and smack each other, and you you hope for the best. And then some of them will have rules, like the assassin will get an attack against the rear rank. So there's little things like that. But magic actually breaks those rules, too, by deciding which spells your guy is going to have queued up. Like, he can only learn so many. So you have to pick at least that many. So once you get powerful spell users, you actually get this this crazy input into battles by picking which spells he's going to use. Now, this system is is more developed in some factions than others, which is, again, part of how the factions all play unique. But some of those magic-using factions, you end up getting crazy input into battles uh, without having to learn the... the, the, uh, 
you, you know, the overall, you, you don't have to re know in advance what spells you want to research, but you still get that kind of interactivity with battles that are normally mostly non-interactive. So I love how magic does that as well. Coming at it from a, from a you know, completely Dominion standpoint, mm -hmm. uh, it's funny to watch. I, I just, I, uh, I just had a recent experience where I had a whole bunch of, um, Cavalry guys and uh, like a big. It was I was playing a baron, so I had the your usual right. you know spearmen and and cavalry and knights. I had a you know high lord and a baron guy and whatever. And um, I ran into some guy and he was casting. It, it, he had a bunch of long dead soulless kind of types. I was like, oh, I I should probably be able to take these guys out. And uh, but the guy the the um, their leader started t casting what's basically the equivalent of what's called in Dominion Skelly Spam, which is you just start yep. spamming, mm -hmm. you know, skeletons. And I think in a Dominion's battle, I could have beaten those guys because of the whole um, the way that the, the the tactical maps was set up. I would have probably gotten a charge in, and then I would have uh, some guy would have gone and attacked the, uh, the spellcaster, and it would right. have been over pretty fast. Yeah. But... Uh, but in Conquest of Legion, oh no, I've got to take out their, you know, front line before I can do anything about that. And of course, just as I'm about to take out, you know, I'm, I've, I, I whittle it down. He casts another person, and then he, I don't, I do, I don't do so well on the next round. And then he casts another one, and so it's, it's kind of this like little, little. Uh, but, I, and, but he, the whole time he's knocking my guys out, but I'm not replacing them in any way. Right. So it, it goes from this sort of overwhelming balance one way, and it kind of tips a little bit, and then all of a sudden, like, oh, I'm going to lose this battle. I can't believe I'm going <laughs> to lose it to a bunch of long dead souls. That's ridiculous. That's not uh -huh. how it really would have happened. Exactly. Yeah. So haha, -ha, number three on that. But uh, but uh, you know, it, it just it's it's great how um it, it it's. <clears throat> It's it's just a you know that's an encounter. I feel like that's a role playing, almost a yeah. role playing game where it's an encounter, and you think, oh, uh, well that guy killed all my guys, so what, what do I do next? Uh, and uh, and so now then I had to go back and and hopefully recruit it. And I was still completely out of iron, so I, that that game I ended up just getting completely hosed. But, and how um, often do we like? I know with Troy, you, mm -hmm. you know, this has been discussed on the podcast before. But how often are there strategy games that we can lose and still enjoy? You know, like Paradox has done that, and I think you guys recently discussed that a little bit with Crusader Kings too. But but strategy games that that acknowledge that you know what sometimes it's not going to work out well for you. Civilization doesn't really allow that. You yeah. know, you're either playing a winning game in that, or you're just not. It's not worth playing. Uh, I, I love that this because it's so short. Because you have these crazy encounters like what Bruce described. Sometimes you're going to lose, and that's just how it works. And you're still playing the game just as much in earnest when you're losing uh, until you give up, of course. No. We haven't had a Crusader Kings two show yet, have we? No, but I mean, but that's you don't have to. I know you. I know you. You'll come on and you'll hate it. No, uh, that's fine. But that, but uh, Tom, I agree <laughs> with anyway. you, and, and I and I want to say that 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 uh, I had a uh, what was this freaking thing? I was fighting some moon horror. I was fighting a moon, a moon horror. horror. Yes, mm. and I I I, uh, I I was. Um, what is a moon horror? I don't think I've I don't know. Been. I don't know what a moon horror is. It's a thing. It's <laughs> the hideous, and it attacks you, and it kills your guys. But uh, it uh, it it was in it was in some like uh, ancient cave or something like that, right. and and I'm moving my guy around. I'm like, oh, well, look at that! I'm gonna go attack this thing, and all of a sudden, you know, it, you know the the it does that like that music. Oh, we gotta talk about the music. We gotta talk about the music. Remember, Tom, check, remind me to talk about the music. Okay, um, I'm making a note. Okay, make a note on your little thing there. Um, right. But uh, 
you know, I, 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 it was so cool that I just had to, I took a screenshot of it, not for any other reason. I mean, my, my Baron got killed eventually. Um, the thing was ethereal. Yes. So there you go. So from my my in, uh, extensive knowledge of the Dominion's world uh, tells me that things that are ethereal, uh, you miss seventy five percent of the time unless you have a magic weapon. Right. So uh, my and my guy sure as heck didn't have a magic weapon. So uh, uh, he lost. But there was this there was this whole sort of. I really haven't felt this way about a game in a long time. Where, and and this is a this is a a world that I should really know well because I've played, you know, multiple games with the same with the same characters and graphics and everything. It's still, I moved into this into this uh, you know ancient cave or whatever it was called, and I had no idea what was going to happen. And all of a sudden, this weird like thing that looks like a I don't know, it looks like a like when uh, Dick Vitale puts on that Swami hat and tries to predict, uh, you know, the the NCAA tournament, uh, it looks like kind of like that. And uh, my 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 Baron was fighting him, and uh, got killed. It was just uh, this whole sense of discovery. I mean, they, they've really completely nailed it. Yeah. Um, and if you're willing to take all the other things that are out of your control and just go with it, I think the the reward is huge. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what a moon horror is, but uh, it serves you right. That ancient cave was his, and you can't just take it from him. I know. So, Tom, Chick, you forgot to remind me about talking about the music, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. Oh, wait, wait, hold on. I have a note here. Uh, Bruce, what? remember to talk about Conquest of Elysium 3 music. Got it. Okay, there. thank you. So, um, thanks for reminding me about that, Tom. Um, so, the... Uh, I, what do you think about the music? I'm... I, I, have you ever seen that movie um, with uh, Gene Hackman and uh, Denzel yes. Washington, Crimson Tide? I think it's oh, called. Oh, good lord! Yeah. <laughs> yes. So there, basically, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's really a documentary about um, what would happen if the Russians uh, got a nuclear weapon post fall of Soviet Union, and we had to stop them from using it. And uh, if um, and if we had a sort of uh, uh, a racially mixed crew, and uh, um, they each of them had their sort of their quirks uh, and um, different viewpoints on life, and uh, these all came to a head in the middle of the uh, Pacific Ocean. But um, the music reminded me of that. Of Crimson Tide. Yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. Good yeah. Lord. Okay, well, first of all, I, I should confess, and maybe I should fix this, uh, one of the first things I usually do when I play games is turn the music off. So <laughs> should I have not done that in Conquest of Elysium? You know what? If, if it's the I'm, music I'm the like, time, right, like I mean, Crimson Tide, if I've got some Jerry Bruckheimer soundtrack blaring in the background of Conquest of Elysium 3, I'm going to leave it turned off. So first of all, Jerry Bruckheimer doesn't write music. Second of all, if you turned off the music in Dominions, <laughs> right. you're basically a war criminal. Ah, okay, don't tell the Hague. Let me let me fix yeah. that. I will turn yeah. it right back oh, on. D- d- Dominions, in, had in a very, Dominions. Dominions, Dominions had a very nice score. Dominion. Oh, no, uh, in Dominions and Conquest of Elysium 3. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I have music turned off in all game, every game that I play. Yeah, so Dominions Dominions was done... Uh, Domi- the Domi- music in Dominions was done by um, this uh, couple uh, of musicians who had went by different names in, in one game and the other. Um, this it's actually funny because I I ended up contacting them and actually having them I, I actually 
like mailed them money and they mailed me back uh CDs of their of their band because I thought it was so great. This was back in the days when it was uh uh it was difficult to transfer there was no PayPal. Um but So it's uh, a band? <laughs> well they, they yeah, well it was it was a it was a it was a a woman and a man uh right. who played different medieval instruments and um and uh she had a beautiful voice and i i have like four of their cds i mean i bought everything that i could possibly buy by them that they they were they went by the name falso bordon and then by the name uh drum or drum if there's a, there's one of those uh like pseudo umlauts over the a that you get in the, the scandinavian languages but uh i lo- their music is is unbelievable and for some reason and i i i wonder why and maybe you should ask uh johan or christopher about this they went with um, this guy, Mat- Matthias Westlund, who does, apparently he does game music. If you go to his uh, MatthiasWestlund.net, uh, he talks about how he does game music. And it's very orchestral, um, in sort of in, not necessarily in, 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 in fact, but in sort of in style. And uh, a couple of the pieces I like, and a couple of my, I don't, I really wish Drom were back, and uh, I guess I think what, not because I'm necessarily uh, anti that guy, but because I love Drom and Falso Bordone so much. But uh, I'm just curious, did, did the, so Tom, you didn't listen to the music at all. Troy, what did you think of the music? I barely listened to it. Oh, God, just, this is a pointless. I had this, all pointless. these ideas about pe- music, and you guys were like, eh, I don't know. I promised to listen to I promised to listen to Wayne and Young yes, Money. Little... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly uh, I just, what I was listening to. I, yeah, Roger I just that. have the yeah. no, I just sure. have the Lord of the Rings soundtrack going on a loop in the background when I play. Isn't that isn't that good enough? No, yeah, it is actually. <laughs> Thank you. I have the music to the artist because I hear that that's really good. I I am now going to have to download the soundtrack to Crimson Tide and play that when I yeah, play. Yeah, why don't you do that? Why don't you get it on on a torrent on a BitTorrent? <laughs> don't know what that is. Not familiar. Yeah, I'm sure you don't. <laughs> that, that would be thievery. Uh-huh. Uh, I want to mention a couple of minor touches. I just have a list of like little tiny things I love in the game. Yes. Uh, okay. Here we go. I love Number the one. poison. When a unit gets poisoned in battle, the poison has to run its course before the battle ends. Like I'll fight some crappy little spiders, and they don't have enough hit points, so I easily kill them. But, oh, one of my dudes got poisoned. The battle's still running on, even though the spiders are all dead. Right. And he's taking one point of damage, one point of damage, one point of damage, one point of damage. Oh, he's right. dead. Yeah. <laughs> like I love that uh, it's not the battle's over, and now you're free from all poison. Uh, I love, and Bruce, I think this is a math issue, so you might know more about this. Uh-oh. I love their uh, open-ended die roll things for damage. Yes, yes. Like, that's... even though something only does one to seven points of damage with its spear, every now and then you get this awesome critical hit, and it does, you know, 23 points of damage. Well, that uh, Tom, I, I want to point out to you that that's not, I mean, that's, the reason that that is in the game is because that is how it really was. That every now and then, things just happen. You know, there's nothing, there's some things are, there's not a whole lot in the world of Dominions that's actually impossible. Just really, really improbable. So, I mean, I think, I think I mean, what you get there is, a, mm-hmm. is an interesting uh, sort of simulation effect. Yeah, no, this this yeah. just uh, demonstrates to me, Bruce, how out of touch you are with historical reality. Everybody knows that in ancient combat, every now and then you roll a 20, and then you roll two d10s on the critical hit table and look it up there so historically that's how battles were fought 
I, wounds right. were determined. Yeah. And so the right. Battle of Hastings, King Harold just rolled a one. You can roll a fumble, too, and then you roll and on a critical hit that, That's how he got the arrow in the eye. Right. Exactly. And and I think that's, uh, if you roll between like a 0-5 and a, and a 1-0 on the chart, that's arrow through the eye. Absolutely. Uh, here's another little thing I love. Um, and I know this has been confusing to some people who can't be arsed to read the manual, mm-hmm. which I can understand. Uh, they have this movement deficit model where if you move too many points, like it, it always wants to let you move at least one square. And in most strategy games, that's just a gimme. You know what? Yeah. It's winter. You're trying to walk through a mountain. You know what? Have a square. Go ahead and move that right. tile. We'll, right. we'll give you that. This game is more realistic in that to make that move, you might end up having to pay for it out of your next term's movement. Right. Uh, now, maybe yeah. some Panzer game that Bruce has played has that kind of realism, but I was right. glad to see that in, in Conquest of Elysium. I, I will actually point out to you, Tom, that mm-hmm. besides the many Panzer games that have already simulated that extensively, uh-huh. um, the uh, that's actually a carryover from the combat model, the tactical combat model in Dominions, where uh, units can go into into move deficit because uh, attacking uses all of your uh, all of your action points. You can move and then attack, but then you're at a deficit for the next turn and it limits your movement. I like that. Very realistic. Okay. Good. There you go. Uh, and then also there uh, they they do have this kind of crazy attrition model that I've definitely seen in action where I'm a necromancer summoning skeletons. You know, Bruce, you were talking about that skelly spam incident yes. you had. And then the other guy's a necromancer summoning skeletons. Or where I've got a crazy big army attacking something that I literally cannot hit. You know, for whatever reason, yeah, it's completely right. immune to my weapons. So they do this crazy thing where, you know what, battles can go on for 100 turns, but eventually everything's going to start taking one point of damage uh, and, and things will wind down. Like, I've seen some truly epic battles that just stretch on for what I guess would be days on end uh, before one side or the other just collapses. Uh, mm. So, Who you know, what it's, it's, it's that I love this, the kind of the stories that some of these tactical battles tell, and you, you referenced that a little earlier, Bruce. So I'm sorry. Go ahead. I cut you off. I was just going to say that, that in in Dominions, one of the thing that the sort of limiting factor is your encumbrance. You become fatigued, mm-hmm. uh, and so the longer you fight, the more fatigue you accumulate, which makes you more uh, susceptible to critical hits. And I haven't investigated whether I didn't see an encumbrance listed on the unit uh, stats, so that may not be incorporated. Well, I'm curious. How do you feel about like when you look at the unit stats in Conquest of Elysium three versus Dominions? There are suddenly, you know, like half as many numbers. Right. Uh, like there's a lot of streamlining going on there. Yeah. Right. You're okay with that, Bruce? As as the guy who wrote the book on Dominions Three, do you feel like you're missing anything? Oh, I feel like I'm. I I sort of fill that space in with things that I kind of know from the Dominions Three <laughs> mechanics, and so I. It, I mean, I I kind of feel like I know what's going on, even though I don't have all the information. Now, I could be completely. I could be making completely. Uh, uh, erroneous assumptions, and I. But so far, I kind of feel like everything that I'm doing, it kind of, I kind of feel I understand where things are coming from and how that combat model works. And and I, I have this strange suspicion that, um, given how much Ill Winter's games are based on previous games, I'd be very surprised if they, if that, uh, if a lot of stuff was in the combat model and just wasn't. Um, 
wasn't explicitly listed in the stats. I mean, maybe, I could be wrong. I mean, I don't have any. I don't have any special knowledge. Like I said, I didn't. I didn't really participate in the in the development of this game, and I'm sorry about that. Actually, I I I, uh, um, uh, I wish I could have, and, and I'm I'm glad that it came out. I mean, it came out great. I think the game uh, really works well, and I think that a lot of the comments that you had, Tom, in, in your game diaries, which I really enjoyed, by the way, um, were uh, you know kind of were things that I that I found probably could be improved. I really also, we haven't talked about the multiplayer in this game. I think mm. this would be like such a perfect uh, multiplayer uh, sort of email game where you do your turn and then you send it yeah. to some other guy and then he yep. does his turn. Around and Robin, let's start yeah. a game. Why don't, let's do that right now. Yeah. Oh, oh wait a like, minute. Yeah, oh, we can't do that. Yeah. yeah. So, Rats. Oh, that's, yeah, that's, uh, yeah. Uh, I did hear. I have. Uh, that was another recommendation I, I, I made, and I don't remember what they said. I wouldn't be surprised to see that patched in. But I think one of the concerns there is that because you can lose so easily, you, you know, because it's really easy to get a terrible starting point or to make a bad choice with an early battle. Uh, but you know what? That's the case in Dominions too. Um, well, but not I, necessarily. I, I, you can so in Dominion. So people are right. people are really really sensitive to that. That you know I got you know the the whole I got Tom. Remember that uh, that Alpha Centauri game, the email Alpha Centauri game that oh, we tried to God. play. Oh, Do you remember that? Oh, oh my God, that oh. was crazy. So we played for like a year, and then oh. when the first person got eliminated, it triggered some fatal bug where. Uh, where well, not, where you couldn't continue the game, but the problem with that game was that somebody ended up starting on some like isolated right, island. Right, exactly. And, yeah, the and, game and, was over yeah. before it even started based on starting right. positions. Yeah, right. and so, we didn't know that until a year later. Right, and, a, year, a year of real time, a year of like our yeah. time, us, yeah. us emailing things back and forth, and people like who's got the turn and things like that. I mean, that was crazy talk. But, but you um, know, go ahead, Bruce. Sorry, I was just going to say that. In Dominions, people have gotten around that. Like the game that that I'm going to be playing is being played on an absolutely symmetrical map. With you know, it's, it's right. built for five players because it's a five player game, and it's exactly symmetrical for everybody. So you can't complain. Oh, I got a bad starting position. That's just you know the the game has been that's been taken out of the game. But I think that in a game like Conquest of Legion, the whole idea that oh I'm in a bad position, then you start emailing, hey. Uh, I'm kind of screwed back here. I'm just going to kind of try to hold the fort and uh, recruit some defensive guys. And uh, here's where I am. And maybe you can try to find me. And, uh, you know, can you take some stuff? And then uh, can you clear out some of these uh, some of these neutrals or some of these wandering monsters? And, and uh, you know, you could kind of... Th- that, that would give you an incentive to cooperate and help people out. And, and because it's such a discovery game, I think that that would be much more accepted then uh, plus it'd be co-op right i mean the 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 you can, oh yeah you can, you yeah can play this game co-op that's yeah, the yeah. whole thing right i mean in in dominions you couldn't play a co-op game because that would be completely you know unrealistic because the whole point of dominions is that somebody's going to become you know ascend to become the overall god there of can only be one right you've got all one. these pretenders so there can only completely, be one right yeah. but i mean it's this is the the world of uh you know baron beowulf of of the baron faction and, and the elf lord and the elf and lord the elf and the lord. baron can be buddies there's yeah, no reason they're they can't hang out right. they'll do fine they'll just, the game you know, has built-in alliances like there's a system where you can host a game yeah. now, now my my concern though is 
Um, like I love what you said about the custom maps. And by the way, it's worth pointing out that they definitely are allowing custom maps in Conquest of Elysium. Mm -hmm. And there's a fellow named Jason Lutz that I wish oh, you yeah. would hurry up and start making maps for Conquest well, Jason of Elysium. Lutz is, Jason Lutz is, uh, is, has got a big advantage in the case in the sense that he's like a he's a already established, you know, acclaimed, well-known uh, comic book artist and, and is just a fantastic artist and uh, did some great maps for Dominion 3. So uh, his failure to uh, immediately give us a bunch of amazing maps for Conquest of Elysium certainly speaks to his uh, his slackerness and, and ability to... Uh, Come on, Jason. To, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, rise to the occasion, Jason Yeah, Lutz. here we We're go, waiting. Jason Lutz, let's go. But, uh, <laughs> but, but another, issue, you are. Uh, another issue with multiplayer, though, uh, I, I remember hearing a talk at uh, GDC once from one of the guys who worked on Halo, uh, and he broke down for me two different terms that I'd never really thought of as meaning different things. Wait, hold on. i got to write this down. Okay, go ahead. Okay, write this down. Okay. One term is balance. Okay. The other uh, term with, is tuning. Balance. -A balance. Balance. C-E. 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 Okay. And the other one is tuning. T-U-N-N-I-N-G. And then put a little strike through through the U because it's Swedish. But the point being that balance is something, at least when they were talking about making Halo, balance is something they do in multiplayer so that any tactic is a viable tactic compared to other tactics. One of them isn't just overpowered. Whereas tuning is what you do for single player to sort of guide the experience and you don't want something to be, you know, you don't want useless things. Uh, and so they use these different approaches because they, they both have very different requirements. Whether you want balance where players are competing with each other or tuning where it's just one player dealing with, you, you know, fighting the, the grunts and the elites, fighting the computer basically. Uh, so I, I, I would be very surprised and I can only imagine what a nightmare this must have been in Dominions if there is much of a sense of balance there at this no balance. point. Yeah, no. in, in Conquest of Elysium 3, certainly. Right. Well, uh, the, 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 yeah. So but do you think that's an issue that was also addressed? Like, is that no. the case in Dominions 3? Like, that can't be balanced either, right? No, Everybody no, knows we'll, the necromancers are overpowered, so you got to fight them early on, that kind of thing? We, so the, the whole, I mean, the, the, the way that Dominions is balanced is that I think that different nations are better at certain things. You know, it's it's not... Some nations can't stand up to other nations, so you have to get a different nation. So, <laughs> I mean, but and 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 I have to say that I think that um, I, I think that Illwinter to some extent have let that just sort of go the way that they're 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 the the modding community in Dominions is, is is very strong and very thoughtful and and they they really think about these things far more than I could ever imagine uh, being able to. And uh, there's something called the conceptual balance mod, where they sort of. <laughs> I love it. It's, it's not just conceptual a balance, it's conceptual balance. Ba yeah, CBM. So conce conceptual balance mod. Uh, it's been going on for a long time. Basically, what they do is they they've sort of um, gotten rid of some uh, some really game breaking. There's some magic items that are game like uh, uh, there was a you could um, uh, there was something called clam. Uh, you basically just uh, made these magic clams would would make astral pearls. Oh, God, I were, remember that, I think. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so that's a whole... Um, but you can't... In a conceptual balance, you can't do that. So, um, and, and it just broke the whole... Basically broke the whole gem economy, which is... But 
uh, Illwinter would say, well, that's how that was. So that's just, you know, that's <laughs> what happened at those times, which is fine in the world that that, that happened. And I, and I respect the historical record. But, um, but the, the, my point is that in Dominions, the game is not balanced. It, as, you know, as the things come out, they sort of make things and, and, and you're sort of left to, you know, this nation really doesn't work and, and against uh, some other nations. So that leaves you in a multiplayer game to forge alliances and say, look, everybody knows that late age really is going to, you know, just completely crush people. So, right. uh, you know, we've got to take them out now. And right. And so that sort of puts a different whole, um, uh, uh, spin on the game because all of a sudden you've you've moved from the from the just the tactical you know which guys do I buy and which magic do I do I focus on to sending people emails saying look this you know you know the game is broken and that guy's gonna win if we don't do X Y Z so uh, it just changes sort of the focus of the game but it doesn't make it any less enjoyable for me and I would be surprised if there was a lot of um, I mean I I didn't participate in the beta and. Uh, I, I read the board, the beta boards, just very occasionally, and and I don't think that there was a lot of effort that was put into actually balancing this versus that because I it, it doesn't really I don't think it matters that and and actually I would I would think it would be detrimental if the if the game were balanced that the different right. factions all yep. were you know were equal because what you want to do is you want to play some of the easier factions kind of get your feet wet and then say oh you know this this other faction is more difficult to use but if you if I can do X Y and Z, which are difficult, I can kind of get it rolling, and then I can you know I can win with this game, and 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 so in a scoring system, winning with that faction would actually be sort of like a you know it would be a, an achievement or you know it would be a point multiplier, you know a victory point multiplier. So um, I would hate to think that there was any you know real thought put into uh, you know this faction is is balanced in that vis-a-vis uh, -vis some other faction. And that's something they have to take into account, I imagine. Well, actually, I don't know if they're going to, but that's something that I wonder about with eventually building some kind of scoring system into the game. You know, if yeah. you start the necromancers in an agricultural map where there aren't very many cities, because necromancers need that you know their unique they resources, the left yeah. hand of yeah. murderers, and right. you find those in I cities. I love that stuff, right? The, the way. That yeah, exactly. That's yeah. so. That's so clever. Uh, yeah. But if you start in a in a game with few cities, the necromancers are screwed. If you do one of the more urban developed maps, then of course the necromancers get a huge advantage. So how do you score that? And that's that's a problem. I'm glad I don't have to solve. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm sure, and I'm sure that, that that will. And the community is so great with these with these indie games, and that and the the community around Ill Winter is. It's very, it's uh, it's it's uh, it's in a ways like pa the paradox community, and in other ways it's very much not like the paradox community. But uh, um, they do have some similarities. But I think that people, if if Ill Winter chooses to really follow through with the, uh, how do we score this game? How do we, uh, how do we play people out of the out of the game? As you put it, I love that phrase. That. There will be plenty of data points for that, and I right. think it, I think will be able to be incorporated. In, in, and I would love to see them do. That. So, uh, Jason Lutz and CBM community, get your act together, start playing Conquest Elysium Three. Let's see some work. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm 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 completely on board with that. Um, the but it's, uh, it's only thirty dollars, uh, so it's certainly worth a pickup. Um, I mean, I, for anybody I, out there. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 thirty, and and the thing is. Tom, another thing that you've 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 sort of taken yourself out of the whole idea of whether 
uh, a game is worth X, Y, or Z. That's co- you said that's right. completely yeah. between you and your wallet or something like that? Yeah, yeah. I have, I yeah. have no idea what $30 yeah. is worth to right. any given so, listener, so, so you're on your own. Yeah, so <laughs> I, 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 it is $30. It's it's available through uh, Desura, which is a download service that I had never heard of until, uh, until it came out mm-hmm. uh, with Dominion. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Whoa. With Conquest of Legion 3. Um, there will be a link to that at the bottom of the podcast, I hope. Yeah, there will be a link to the game site and also to the Desura place uh, where you can buy it. Uh, I think it's it's really... A, I mean, this is something that Tom we discussed in the email thread that started this. This is Tom's idea. This is really yet another evidence of just how deep and wide the strategy market is these days. Wait, I thought uh, strategy games were dying. Well, they're not. They're not very contemporary. <laughs> uh, but I mean, this is we're. I mean, this is a, kind of a new golden age, I think, for the genre. And there is such that we can have first all this great stuff on the iPad, the return of board games, and with this really nice. Uh, this amazing uh, middle market and this tiny little independent stuff like uh, this game, which I really want to play a lot more of. There's so much to see in it and explore. Uh, Any final words, guys? Pass. Pass. Bruce, (laughs) do you want to talk about the the music? Do you want to sing us a song? Uh, Here's Uh, my final word. Yeah. Uh, uh, Conquest Elysium 3, four stars. What did, why did it miss that star? I don't know. Why, see, why did it miss that star? Uh, I think I just it's some of those interface issues and this idea that it doesn't uh, – that, that the guys at Illwinter don't seem to be too hip to certain modern game design things. Uh, you know, I, I would have to look into the data and, and get back to you. <laughs> this is a very unhip game. Yeah, yeah, uh, you know what? Is. Retro is trendy, Troy Goodfellow. Yeah, I was born retro. I didn't like it at all. <laughs> Bruce, how many stars would you give Conquest of Elysium 3? Oh, gosh. You know, I don't do stars. <laughs> I I do... Um... That's not what Angelina Jolie says, but anyway. Uh, Whoa! Uh, yes. ah, wow, we've got racy. <laughs> you know, that's good, but I, I don't think... Troy, I don't think Bruce knows who that is. Didn't she just win, a, win, a, uh, win an Oscar for portraying Margaret Thatcher? <laughs> Yeah, she, she won an Oscar uh, for speaking out against the situation in Bosnia Herzegovina. There you go. Oh, She's should, very politically should... motivated. Are we going to do a podcast about that? I think about Tom's Angelina movie Jolie? podcast. <laughs> Tom's movie podcast. I think we'll have an Angelina Jolie theme show. Oh, but but, but Bosnia Herzegovina. I actually want to know more about how Bruce feels about Margaret Thatcher. Well, oh, what's... like you don't know. Yeah. What are you talking about? What do you think I think about Margaret Thatcher? That's a a, a source for a different podcast. No, Um, but I I have an answer for that. I think you will be in your bunk. Speaking of racy. (laughs) So here we go. Uh, Excellent. Um, We need to have a link at the bottom of the podcast to Congress of Legion 3. And we need to have uh, uh, a link to Warlord's uh, iOS version. for Tom. Mm -hmm. Right. Oh, your question was, what would I rate the game? Yes. How many stars out of five? 4.5. Ah, you cheated and took half a star. Troy Goodfellow, how many stars would you give Conquest of Elysium 3 so far? So far, 3.5. All right, we've got the, the spread from 3.5 to 4.5 covered. Uh, I think that it's therefore that means... Scale. And that means yeah. that I am right, by the way, because everything averages down to the score I picked. So I win the podcast. Wow, excellent. Good work. Thank you. Again? <laughs> work. Thanks for listening, and a reminder to rate and review us on iTunes, and uh, 
If you have any suggestions, please drop me a line. Uh, Try.goodfellow at gmail.com or you can email Rob Zachney since he's our real boss and employer at this point. Say goodnight, everyone. I'll do it like Rob Zachney. Good night, everyone. Ah, yeah. Good night, gamers. Oi.